Hey everyone, Brian Zimmerman here, host of Jazz's Backstage Pass. Today's episode is a really special Miles Monday episode. Uh, our guests are the Potash twins, Ezra and Adiv Potash. They are rising food culinary media stars as well as jazz musicians who recently put out a self-titled album. We'll be talking to them and my co-host Vince Wilburn Jr. about food, about jazz, and of course about Miles Davis and Miles Davis's love for fine food. Before we get into that conversation, though, just wanted to thank our monthly sponsor. That would be Eric Baldwin. Eric, thank you for making this show possible. If you listening would like to become a monthly sponsor of this show, all you have to do is click the link in the show notes. You'll be well on your way. All right, let's get into this Miles Monday episode featuring the Potash Twins. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Brian Zimmerman here, executive editor of Jazz's Magazine and host of Jazz's Live, coming to you on a Monday. After a few days off, we took a few days off last week for some rest and relaxation, but we're back on a Monday, our favorite day of the week. That's because it is Miles Monday, the day we celebrate all things Miles Davis, the man, the myth, the legend. We do that, of course, with my loyal co-host. That would be Vince Wilburn Jr., uh, drummer extraordinaire and nephew to Miles Davis. Uh, he'll be here along with today's very special guests. Uh, really excited to be talking to these guys. Uh, and you're going to be excited to hear from them. I, I hope you're hungry too, because wow, how do you explain today's guests? They are the Potash twins, Ezra and Adiv Potash. They're musicians. Uh, jazz musicians, Manhattan School educated, SUNY Purchase edu educated, uh, released an album, The Potash Twins, that landed as high as number nine on the iTunes jazz charts. Uh, but they're also kind of these culinary food adventure superstars. Um, they have been on uh, Food Networks. They have a show coming up on Food Network called The Takeout Twins. They've had a show on Bravo called Beats and Bites. There was a travel channel special called Southern Road Trip with the Potash Twins. Uh, they're chefs, they're TV personalities, they're excellent jazz musicians. But most importantly, they're lovers of all things Miles Davis. So they're going to be here to talk about it. Let's go ahead and welcome uh, today's guest. Let's welcome everybody, Vince Wilburn Jr. and the Potash Twins, Ezra and Adiv. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Brian. Hey. 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 Thanks, thanks for having us on today. We're excited to be here. Welcome to the party. Thanks very much for being here. What's up, guys? What's hey, going guys. on, Vince? All right, all right. Looking so good in the studio with that yeah. with the leather couch. That leather couch looks very comfortable. It is. It is. It's where uh, the music goes down. Mm. Yeah, what? ideal and for cranking on some kind of blue. Wait, maybe, it, maybe I made a mistake asking any any questions about the history of the leather couch. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is where you hear the playbacks. You know, I have. The, you yeah. can't see it, but the monitors are in front of my face. And then you chill on the couch and you dim the lights and you hear the playbacks. If you lay as far back as possible into the most comfortable couch in the world, and then you, you can listen to tunes. Yeah, you could kick back, man, and hear some of the music we're working on. No, you yeah. sink into the couch while the music sinks into you. That's there right. You it's like a turducken of music. <laughs> it, it, it sinks into your heart. <laughs> anyway, enough about this couch. <laughs> like I said, I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. Let's let's sort things out, first of all, before we go any further. Which one of you is Adiv? Which one of you is Ezra? Just so our viewers know. Adiv and White. I mean, unless you're just listening to us with the audio, then that was not helpful. Um, D and S. S. 
I'm on the blue hoodie, as is blue, as in the blue hoodie. And we should mention your instrumentation too. Yeah. D, you're a you're a trumpet player. Trumpet player, yeah. And I'm cool. a bass trombone, trombone, and tuba player. Holding it down on the low end. But mainly, I'm mainly on trombone now. Very cool. <laughs> hey, before we get any further, I just want to let you know some jazz's news, by the way. We've got a special issue for people watching, a special issue out right now that is all about Santana. Actually, the Santanas, Carlos Santana wow. and his wife, Cindy Blackman Santana. There they are on the cover. Uh, all you have to do is go to jazzes.com, click digital issues. You'll find it there. Wide-ranging interviews with Santana, reviews of some of Santana's classic jazz fusion albums, uh, you know, reviews of classic Santana albums, a video exclusive from Cindy Blackman Santana from her new album, Give the Drummer Some. A lot of cool stuff going on in this issue. And yeah, it's on our site right now. Uh, Vince, man, Miles and Santana were tight, correct? Very tight. Um, Uncle Miles used to wear a, a, a piece that that Carlos gifted, gifted Uncle Miles, uh, uh, that, that my, I think my cousin Cheryl has now. Um, you know, J Carlos jammed with us at Giant Stadium, the Amnesty concert. That's right. Carlos, we've been to Carlos's home, and he's got a in the back of his house up in up in the uh, Bay Area. He's got this cathedral of of bootleg tapes of of Coltrane and of Miles and of Jimi Hendrix, and, and it's all it's like it's a vault. It's actually it's an actual vault, and it's all documented and 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 labeled, and it's amazing, man. You could spend like days just checking out all this unreleased music, you know. I know. My actually, Carlos was on the show. He told mm -hmm. me if I had the money, I'd convert all the Apple stores into a Miles Davis store. He just go oh, and he, he, he listen made, to Miles made, Davis all day. He made me an iPad with yeah. all Miles. Yeah, and he and he wow. Miles in the back. It's in the other room. But uh, he had yeah. he had the most beautiful commentary uh, on your documentary events about Miles. I love that. Oh yeah, yeah. He, they he, uh, they loved they loved each other. I also wanted to just say about Carlos Santana as like a musical figure. He's one of those superstars that, from being a jazz musician, you knew he was in the jazz. Like yeah. it wasn't just—it wasn't just like he was this famous figure. It was he had a you know this historical understanding of music that I think we didn't see represented a lot in just like rock stars and stars who were performing music of all kinds. And we kind of knew, you know, that Santana was on that level. Yeah, that yeah. Santana yeah. was on the level that like listened to the stuff and grew up and like shedded the stuff that we all did. So there, yeah. there was always I mean, that. he was like Miles Davis' number one fan, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 That says enough. Resident of yeah. the fan club. And I mean, Coltrane, he loved Coltrane. He told a story about like meditating and, you know, tripping out with Alice Coltrane and seeing Coltrane and visions and stuff. A real wow. student of jazz. Wow, a wow. real student of jazz. And uh, yeah, just a badass rock guitarist, man. Wait, so you're that, saying he met Coltrane in a in a drug infused vision? That is correct. That sounds like the optimal scenario for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. First of all, let's say that don't do drugs, kids. But if you're going to, and you met John Coltrane, then do it. <laughs> would, it <be> so <laughs> would it be so bad? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, getting some love on Facebook already. Lavinia Dreamweaver, hello, hey, Lavinia. And shout out to Cindy, Cindy Blackman. And shout out, yeah, amazing, amazing drummer. Santana. Played yeah, with awesome. everybody. Played with everybody. Roni, yeah. Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, so wow. that thanks for letting me pitch our stuff there. But yeah, that special issue is on the site right now. Uh, but enough about us. I mean, Adiv, Ezra, first of all, your, your story is amazing. Just the way you're able to kind of straddle these two worlds, you know, uh, of food and jazz 
And, you know, the, I, there's not much crap crossover that I'm aware of. So, uh, you know, this is this is all kind of news to me. I would love to hear about how you got to those crossroads. We were talking a little bit before we went on air. You guys grew up in Nebraska. Yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're Brian. I want to say that we're <laughs> very, very lucky that we've somehow been able to find success in like two random places. Yeah, because we I mean, we grew up being jazz musicians i mean we were living we, that in our was all we wanted to do it's all we wanted to do yeah. was all we, we you know like we were the only people that had probably seen the entire ken burns jazz documentary when we were like in middle school and yeah. thought it was the shit yeah. you know what i mean like and it was know, shout out ken burns it was it was yeah. yeah yeah i mean i know there's debates about you know the 60s and on there yeah. but yeah. um <laughs> uh, you know for for being uh, for not having had parents that were jazz musicians and we were kind of like on our own learning about this, this mm -hmm. world. I think watching the Ken Burns documentary was like a way to really be brought up to speed. It, well, it was like an older generation telling the younger generation what we expected of you. I also right. want to say that as a, a young musician, when we were what, uh, 11 or 12 starting to play instruments, there was something so appealing about jazz because it was so free. And I know everyone says that. Well, it, like, it felt when, when, free because the first album we ever heard was kind of blue and Miles made jazz free. Yes. So, so like, what I'm trying to say is it's like when you're starting to learn music, you're all you're doing is reading music, really. Right. And uh, when, when someone says, like, hey, take these note cards and you don't need to look at them anymore and just start talking, that is a very freeing activity totally. to find yourself in. But then when you do that with music, it's just like, I mean, and Miles would say this all, all the time, especially with the bebop era, is that there were so many chords, it, it felt like a trap for a lot of musicians. Um, and then he what, he like later went on to say, like, no chords. Um, so no chords, more freedom? Was, yeah. I think Less chords, more freedom. Yeah, so... No, you can't do music with no chords. But <laughs> oh, our, our story kind of developed from there. We, we met Wynton Marsalis. We snuck backstage to meet Wynton Marsalis when we were, like, 14. 14 Did you come through Omaha? He, he, he was, was in Lincoln, Lincoln Nebraska, Nebraska. Okay. and we drove down there to go uh, just see him as, you know, we were such big fans of his, and obviously he's a, like a trumpet player in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be a fan of Wynton Marsalis. And we snuck backstage and, and just said, like, you know, we're young, but I think this is something we want to do. And he, and he, we played for him, and he – We brought our horns. We brought our horns. We played for him. And yeah. he, after, after, like, an hour of, like, him teaching us, like, a lot, he gave us a cell phone number and said, you know, when you're in New York, give me a call. And so we found a reason, to like, get to you New know, York. like a month later to get to New York just to call him because um, those are the kind of people we are. And we got together with it. We called him and he's like, wow, no one takes me up on that. Usually <laughs> we, were, we were surprised to hear that. Yeah. And and then like the rest was kind of history. He helped us get into Manhattan School of Music with full ride scholarships. And he helped us with our college essays. And He helped us with everything. And we moved to New York. And when we got to New York, you know, he connected us with John Batiste, who we played with for several years. And he, he would always say, like, you know, you guys are like poor college kids. If you need food, by, you know, come to Jazz and Lincoln Center and I'll, they'll feed you. So we would go like several times a week. <laughs> and we'd go there and it would be like we'd be in Winton's dressing room and uh, just literally everybody. Paul would, Simon yeah. would, come, would be in there and Elvis Harry, Costello would Harry be in Harry Belafonte. There. We'd just be like eating boltong with Harry Belafonte. Which <laughs> and Hemasakela. And Hemasakela. Yeah. Boltong is uh, a South African like beef jerky, sure. uh, which is amazing <laughs> if you, yeah. for those who don't know. Um, it, but basically, this was sort of our our introduction to New York it, from coming from Nebraska, like Nebraska, <laughs> New York City, 
dressing rooms with like the people you've heard about your whole life. And we met like we met with Batiste like the, our first or second day in New York City, and he played was, with them. Played with yeah. them at at Lincoln Center like that day, that or the next day. And we played with them in Harlem yeah. all the time too. And but so we were at Manhattan School of Music. D was studying under John Faddis because yeah, yeah. he's like a lead trumpet player. Oh, okay. And our but then like we moved to New York and like had this sort of like eye-opening experience about like food from other cultures. We were like, no, we were you know from Nebraska. We just moved to New York City. We were trying shit before, so it was <laughs> right. really cool to, to be like, oh wow, we're like you know musically we're being enlightened, but also culinarily we're being enlightened. And we kind of made when we weren't practicing because you know that's all you're supposed to do when you're in music school. Right, right. Late night, you go, you find, uh, you know, like there's the street meat things, and there's like you start to find out where all the cab drivers go, and you go to you know incredible Pakistani restaurants, and all of a sudden you're having biryani dishes you've never had, and and so it just led to this like crazy enlightenment for us, where which we which was like this intense bubble of practicing jazz and eating food, and we were like. There's something to this because when a chef is, you know, coming up with a dish and a musician's writing a song, you're thinking about harmony, texture, right? Just composition is very is very similar. And also the structure in the way that you would run a band is the same way you run a kitchen. You have an executive chef, you have an expediter, you have you have people play these different roles. Yeah, they all play these different roles in the same way a bass player would would um, you know establish the Foundation. harmonic progression of, of a song right uh, and the drummer with the momentum and the style of which you're playing any of the songs but the band leader is the executive chef Ex- absolutely miles was the executive chef and My, you know, miles davis was J- the executive Jimmy chef was, miles know. davis was the executive chef of life i think that's where we i think that's where we are cuz now there's a day of the week in which jazz's magazine speaks about that's miles, right so, yeah. well and know. that's not far of an overreach too because Wait, 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 the hell of one damn minute. Do we break Vince? (laughs) Nebraska, you want to play jazz. Mm -hmm. You go buy horns, you go backstage, you watch the Ken Burns documentary. Mm -hmm. You say, let's go to New York. Mm -hmm. You're in New York. Then the culinary thing bites you and the music bites you, you know, and you're you're like... I mean, how does that happen? I mean, did you guys just wake up one day and say, since your parents, you know, they weren't in, were they into jazz? Oh, yeah. My dad I, was the first thing, the first music I remember hearing was kind of blue. My dad would have it on all day and all night. Okay, 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 okay. And other jazz and, albums. And a lot of, yeah, a lot of women as well. But, but, but how old were you then? When we moved to New York or like when we first started hearing jazz? When you first started, like, I knew I was a little drummer boy at five, six years, five years old in Chicago. Okay. So how? Yeah. When, go ahead. So I would say seven or eight years old. I was like, we were like conscious of what we were listening to. Yeah, and we then, were playing piano back then too. And then uh, I would at ten, eleven, we picked up the horns. At age twelve or thirteen, my my dad took us to New Orleans, and it was over. We're like, this is the coolest place on earth. And we jammed it. Every yeah, we jammed the Tipitinos. We ate the entire city, mm. and we were like, this is our this is our city. Right. You know what? That that <laughs> trip might have played a much deeper role in this than we think. That's oh, the first yeah. time we've talked about that. We, yeah, but we uh, ate uh, beignets at Cafe Du Monde and, and then jammed we, and then had dinner at Emeralds and uh, yeah, um, one of the best food cities in the oh, world. Yeah. The, I would say not only the be- one of the best food cities, but a convergence it, of literally everything. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, there's Congo the, the Mississippi River. Yeah. There's it's a lot going on. But I just think 
like in terms of culinary city, it has its own identity. Like it has the most identity it has of, a, inter- no, of it has a culinary identity. Yeah, of a, it has the most identity of a culinary scene in the United States historically. So yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like New York is obviously known for fine dining, well, and now LA is getting to be, have a. You know, uh, yeah. And also, I think I, I want to elaborate on that because I think you hit on something, and I'm I'm sorry, Brian, and I'm sorry, Vince. No, uh, but no, like me. musically. New Orleans is such an important place to jazz. Not only because you have European harmonies and African rhythms and just, I mean, in Louis Armstrong, but food-wise, it did the exact same thing New Orleans oh, did. French that food. It did for, with French food. French food, like right. Creole, Creole like, and Cajun cuisine. Right. Uh, so, I, I like, what is there more to I'm say about sure New Orleans? I'm pretty sure the Big Bang, so. I think the Big Bang happened in New Orleans. Like, <laughs> I'm just starting to think, like, why are they, why is there a particle accelerator in CERN? I don't think anything happened over there. It happened in New Orleans. That, but you but you know what, guys? You can say that about Chicago with blues yes. mm-hmm. and, and, and some of the best food, and I'm not saying that because I'm from Chicago, some of the best food you ever want to taste is in Chicago. There, yes. they, there used to be a place called Chili Max on the south side. And for people from Chicago, they know. Um, oh, this is Miles' mac and cheese. Uncle Miles. No, no, no. This is chili, 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 chili Max. Yeah, Chili Max is the mac, you know, pasta and, I mean, um, spaghetti and cheese, or spaghetti mm. and chili, mixed. But I just say Chili Max, because that was the name of the restaurant. Then there, there was fish places. Uncle Miles used to go and get fish after the concert, but he wouldn't eat it, but he would, he would like this certain fish. There's, there was a place called Army and Lou's, and my cousin is on, on, on the, um, and Uncle Miles used to have me bring big vats of gumbo from Army and Lou's restaurant on the plane. <laughs> wow. You know, on the plane. And 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 J- John Harrison's on. Jay, I call him Nee. He's on the um, he's he's chiming. He used to bring this big vat of gumbo on the plane to New York every time I flew to New York. So I, I think different different regions of, of the country, you know, you know, you can't go wrong. When I go to New Orleans, I call Ivan Neville. Ivan Neville yeah, um, tell me yeah. every restaurant I should go to, and Donald Harrison, duh. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's like another reason why the, the whole food thing kind of came around with us was because we'd be traveling for music, mm. and when we were booking stuff for our own jazz thing, we would book wherever we were playing based off of the location of how close it was to the food we wanted to eat where we were going. And sometimes yeah. jazz clubs had amazing food, so sometimes it was booking the jazz club with the best food. Um, but I, I just want to say, like, Miles always knew exactly what he wanted, and I love hearing that he wanted gumbo from Chicago flown to him in New York. I just think that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, from Army and Lou's restaurant. Google Army, Army, and, Lou's. Army, Army and Lou's. On Are they still around? No, they're, they're not. They're, I think they've closed, but man, back in the day. Gumbo and, and, and barbecue. Oh, we can get my cousin on the phone. Okay. Bar- <laughs> barbecue in Chicago, please. Forget about it. You know, we we perform in Chicago all the time, and and I think it's one of the best culinary scenes in the city. I think we no, have no, several, in the country. Or sorry, exactly. in the country, and we have so many. And I the mean, James so, Beard Awards are hosted there now. And right? there's so many, so many celebrity chefs call Chicago home. Um, like Stephanie Eisner, Stephanie Rick Bayless, uh, Grant Ackett's, Um, I mean the list Joe goes the, the list goes on and on. But I do agree with the events and. I think also we grew up going to Chicago all the time. We also grew up a little bit in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Uh, we were like five or six, but we I remember going up to Chicago, you know, 
like once a month. Probably almost. one of the first bigger food cities we've like tried. Yeah, yeah. you got you're close to East St. Louis, St. Louis. You got your Kansas City barbecue. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that's a, the Midwest. Yeah. yeah, which is such a bummer that Omaha, Nebraska, we're known for steak. Right. Yeah, but no, but like we, but like St. Louis is right there. Kansas City is right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minneapolis yeah, and no. Chicago aren't too no, far no. away, and they all have culinary identities. We no didn't doubt. get one. There's no doubt. We got, got the sword <laughs> the matchstick. Here. You got the yeah. steaks, though. I mean, you got the steaks. <laughs> you know, when we when we used to travel with Uncle Miles, you know, we we would ride in the in the you know he had a, a limo provided for him. So he would ask the drivers, you know, take me to the soul food restaurants, and, and they would say, "Well, Miles, you know, I, I'm not really familiar with where they would be," and he used to say. Just find the railroad tracks. So if you find it, he's like joking, you know, find yeah. the railroad tracks. So if you find the railroads, you get a soul food to a railroad track. You know, but that was it was our ongoing joke. It's in the railroad tracks, you know. But well, it's amazing, like, you know, it's Oakland, man. Oak Town. Oh Lord. They had yeah. some great food. Yeah. yeah. And and it's oh. it's it's amazing that food and music are really oh. like the two oh, closest yeah. thing to a city's mm -hmm. identity. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? So it, what it does actually the city makes taste sense. like and what does it sound like? 100%. You know? And that's where you really draw out these unique identities. You think of something like Kansas City and Kansas City Swing, Kansas City Barbecue. I mean, that's Kansas City in a nutshell, you know? Yeah, Macy. The, yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's so much to, to what you're saying. And we always say that, you know, food feeds the body and music feeds the soul. And yeah. I, honestly, like, it, do you need to be fed anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of it for me, but I just think you're right. Like in terms of the identity of the city, and then you start to think about, okay, well, who's responsible for that? Who's responsible right. for the food being the way it is, and right. why historically? And then right. who's responsible for the music sounding like that? And right. I think Kansas City is such a good way to, uh, to break it down because you know, music-wise, I mean, Charlie Parker, Count Basie. Yep. Uh, I mean. Do you need to say more? Than no, those no, 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 no. Uh, I can't. Why about the Prez? Wasn't he from Kansas City too? Saxon Blair, Lester Young. Lester was he Young? I don't. Was he? I mean, he was in the basement. Band. Somebody let us know in the comments. Yeah, so he had that well. sound for sure, informed by that yeah. sound. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I was kind of done. No, I was, I was going to say that that a lot of musician friends, and and we could probably all of us can attest to this. Great musicians. Are actually great chefs, you know. Oh yeah, that's what I, I want to hear more you know, about. Because Miles too, Miles was certainly no culinary noob. I mean, man, yeah, man, it was it was like, and you, it was like creating, you know, creating these compositions was the way he he um, approached the kitchen. You know, everything had to be fresh. Hmm. He he would send Aaron and I out to get the freshest fish and all the um, the, the you know, uh, he could even make popcorn. Popcorn, and he would put it in a in a saucer, like in a, and just shake the saucer, and and just right butter, right oil, and it, it's the best popcorn in the world. He would make a bouillabaisse, mm -hmm. he would make fried fish, pasta with anchovies. Yeah. You know, oh man, it was amazing. Fresh tomatoes. There was a there was a deli in New York where where when you where Uncle Mike used to live on West Seventy Seventh. And it was called Gitlitz, and Gitlitz was on 77th and Broadway. And as a kid, I would he would run me to you know I would run up to the store and get and he would make a list. Yeah. And and I would buy this 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 whatever he had on the list, and he'd come back, fresh garlic. I mean, you know, it was it was like it, the way he put it together it was it was, it was incredible. But he oh wouldn't my. eat it. He wouldn't eat. You know, that's probably why he stayed so slim. 
you know. He oh, would just, really? He, he just cook for everybody? And he, he, would, he, he would cook and just, and just taste, oh. you know. But, oh. you know, he, he would it, never, never eat, like, eat, eat, you know. I think because it takes an incredible amount of focus to play an instrument mm. that when you're in the kitchen, you're in, like, that same zone. Mm. Totally. Well, but he, he, he yeah. like, he, he, he dug seeing how the, you know, when he would, you know, when he would plate it up and serve it, he, or when you help yourself to it, then he would like the reaction that, that you know, like Miles, damn, this is killer. Yeah, he's he's an artist. Yeah, this is yeah. Yes, this reminds me of a really really interesting conversation we had with Herbie Hancock. We were we were hanging out with Glasper somewhere. Hey, was Vince there? We're, it was some Grammy thing, but we were hanging out with with Glasper, and Herbie was around, and we were talking with Herbie about Leon. About France, France and yeah. performing in France and how he always loved performing in France because of the food and how he befriended a bunch of chefs there. He couldn't remember at the time who the chef I was, was, although Paul I'm pretty Bocuse. sure it was Paul Bocuse. Yeah. And he was just talking about how the, you know, he, no, he, he, he said, just got into it about no, this conversation, basically. He said he wanted, mm. like, to, he wanted to hear their reactions to, to specific music, uh, to music. And, chord and then what then what they would do with him is they wanted Herbie to describe what, what whatever like the dish they put in front of him, but they wanted him to describe like a jazz musician. There were yeah. numerous there were numerous times when these 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 iconic chefs would keep the restaurant open, right? So mm. after we play these concerts, they they close the restaurant and the entire band would go. We if we were in France or Italy or even in Japan, the sushi chef closed the restaurant yeah. down because they wanted they wanted to to make uh, you know to. To to to, they knew how 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 um how it was like an artist to artist thing. Yeah, but they knew how how they wanted to prove something and 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 have Miles sign off and, mm -hmm. and 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 you know like give the approval of these great chefs all around the world. And it was amazing because they would they would lay these spreads out for us, too much for us to eat. But it was just the presentation yeah. and the taste, and Uncle Miles would eat a little bit, and and that was it. And we well, that was their way of showing respect to Miles. That's right, like, that's right. Be, yeah. in, in the food world, like you, you it's called killing kill, the table. Kill the table. You kill yeah. the table when it's somebody you respect, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. means you send out everything the until they're years. like, like until they're like, wow, like kind of like, I don't want to curse on here, but like fuck off, basically, because yeah. yeah. it's so much food, <laughs> and and it's always disrespectful when a chef does that, like for you to not eat everything. And so you're, it's kind of this like interesting relationship where you're like, wow, like thanks for all this food, and then be like, wow, like they're fattening me up, like they want me to eat all this food. Yeah. And but so it, I, it, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. It no, was, I it, just think it, that's it, how it, they're it, showing. That's how they're showing Miles that they love and respected yeah. him was by doing that because it's like, and that was their art. Yeah, it, and right. it was like them showing yeah. him their song, his their songs. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, check it, out my check out my mixtape. Like this is that's the just gonna give him the whole box set. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it was really something to experience. And even clothes designers, you know, that was another right. thing. You know, they would present Miles with all these different designs, and and and, and you know, um, um, you know, just to, to keep this Miles, do you like this? Do you like fabrics and shit? Man, it was it was yeah. incredible, man. It was incredible. Yeah, incredible. Well, because you know, an artist like that is an arbiter of just not great music, but of just great art and originality and authenticity, and you know, someone like that can recognize it, however it appears. It wasn't. It it was that, but it was like Miles had the ultimate taste. Yeah, Monty so, Cross and Celeste Young was born in Mississippi, raised in New Orleans, and settled in Kansas City when he was twenty-four. Okay, okay, there you Thanks, go. Monty. Born, there. Thanks, Monty. Yeah, thank you. My, uh, my Manhattan School music jazz history teachers will be proud. 
for, that I <laughs> or not any it of wasn't it. technically yeah, yeah. wait what were you saying about no I, I just taste or whatever yeah I mean if I was in the atmosphere of Miles Davis and I was doing some sort of art yeah I'd want to know what he thought about it whether it was food yeah. whether it was like clothing just so he had he had, he had taste so yep. he was everyone was going to want to see their reactions to what they were doing what would you cook for Uncle Miles if, if he came to you? Guys? Oh, oh my God! That's a good Wait, question, do you really man. want to know? I would say yeah, our, no, no, no. Give, give, give me the oh. menu, the entire menu. He wasn't. Give me the entire menu. Well, now that you said the popcorn thing, <laughs> I that would be that would be. I would Pop put popcorn in a salad that I was preparing. Well, popcorn. Yeah, I eat that. That was that's that's what that went with the boxing when we would watch boxing. So that was the popcorn or or, or you know okay. a sporting event. So okay. give me give, give me a menu. Okay. okay. Well, first of all, I'd want to ask, what did he have favorite? Did he, he like steak? Indian I know food, he liked right? meat. He liked, he liked meat Indian a lot. food too, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so definitely a chicken have, tikka masala. The, the main dish would be our chicken tikka masala. It's one of our most famous dishes. We make it all the time. Uh, it's a recipe that I just think that we. It's like we shedded some stuff. Like we shedded that recipe. <laughs> you shedded and we also food. made it our yeah. own. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Those are like shedding, changes. And by shedding, I mean eating it. And by shedding it, I mean like also learning how to no, make it. No, it was it was yeah. we we say this, and you guys will understand this better than anybody would. But like when we're cooking, we do th we play it by ear. Like we aren't using a recipe. No, no, no. We're we trying to plate, 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 plate it by ear. Plate it because by we're, ear. we're 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 trying to recreate something based off of taste. We're like but, transcribing music, exactly. but in yeah. like yes. without you know how you transcribe shit by ear without reading the Omni book or whatever. Right, like it's the best way to learn. You're supposed to do it. The best yeah. way to learn. Yeah, we do the same thing with food. We go oh, we go right. to London and we try the best chicken tikka masalas all around. We come home without looking at anything. We, we try to recreate it. it. Exactly. Sweet. We do the well, same if you thing. Say Recipe we'll post it on the site when we post the interview. Yes, oh, yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. We'll find okay, out cool. if you guys get some. So videos. now I would definitely make a bouillon base because I I like the the use. Did he ever use Pernod in his bouillon base? It's yeah. like a it's a French liqueur that tastes like star anise. anise. The secret with Miles, you never could enter the kitchen, so uh, you never knew what his ingredients were. There was a little book, and Aaron and I are still trying to find this little black like a like a little phone book. With a lot of different recipes in it, but that was one thing he never wanted you to be in the kitchen with him when he was. Wait, done. I will pay to find that. Oh yeah, we're we're, <laughs> like, we're, we're looking for it. We're definitely okay. Okay, okay. So we need to put SWAT teams on that. <laughs> <laughs> so you say bouillabaisse and chick, chicken chicken? What else? Well, okay. Well, this is this is very off the now, cuff. Now, he, I don't he, know He's very meticulous, so you got to have everything going. You know, everything's got to mesh. And, and I know this oh, will be yeah. hard. This no, be no, no. Challenge. I can handle this, yeah. but I would need I would need to like prepare this. And then you said he liked the his anchovy spaghetti. No, so maybe he, I, this is what he prepared. Now you, I can't. I'm you. You never. You never knew this. So you you're cooking for miles. So you. Okay. you have to, I'm talking about. A, is it? Will we start with a salad? Would we start mm -hmm. with soup? What you know. Come on. Okay. Come on. Okay. Okay. I got okay. You. Okay. I, I would make first course. First course. Okay. The first course would be. I would start I, with the bouillon base. I would. No, start no, with no, 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 I, I know. I know. I would start with uh, a ceviche of some kind, something that's light but packs the flavor. And he'd be like, "That's the." He's like, to me, it'd be like that's the the first song you start off at a show. You start them strong, but you start them a little light. You don't yeah. give them your heaviest shit. Right. You right. Give them right. Flavor. And he loved Japanese food. So I would say a ceviche being a raw fish dish, it would probably work well. Yeah, no, but you, I mean, yeah, yeah. He gotcha. loved 
he left Salad Nishwa too. Salad Nishwa. Oh, oh Nishwa. Okay, so that would be a good. We could, we could, we could also Nishwa. do a fusion where you put a little bit of the raw fish on top of the Nishwa salad. Ah, uh, okay. instead of the tuna. Okay. Instead of the tuna. A little few, a little bitches brew fusion type. Yes. yes, exactly. Yes. A little, yes. little John McLaughlin yeah. salad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the second dish. So I would say I would maybe hit him with an intermezzo because I wouldn't want him to go straight into something strong. Like you give him a little palate cleanser. Because okay. Miles, I think, you know, he, he would want to reset maybe a little bit. Actually, no. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe he he definitely want to reset. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but then at the same time, I think about like Miles and like in the music. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm putting a lot out here that I could get shot down. So that's why. I'm no, going. no, no, no. Keep, keep it all light now. What's next? What's next? Okay. I would. Okay. I know for a fact. No, I say course, no, no, no. We've all we've we've entered into what I would say are our room temperature to chilled dishes because you if we, we're gonna throw the intermezzo in there. So I'd say now you hit him with the bouillon base because it's still light. It's a sophisticated fish broth. Mm -hmm. Having said that, you hit him with some temperature. You hit him with you know, it's a warmer soup. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I do the bouillon base, and I would it would be lobster, it would be crab, nice. it would be scallops, it would be everything, and he'd be like. He would. He wouldn't say like there wouldn't be any like fish fillets in there. It would just be all the best stuff. <laughs> yes, only the best for Miles. Yes, and then I think I would have to hit him with the chicken tikka because we're throwing him. No, 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 no because, no. But that doesn't make sense in terms of like a playlist. Okay. You don't just hit some, hit him with some French shit and then hit him with some like. Indian but I would stuff. say I would say that I would say chicken tikka is like a fusion. It's a uh, Indian soul food. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's like, a and gravy. I think he would appreciate that. But I think what I was picturing for the main course would be some sort of insane, like, Wagyu porterhouse. Some over-the-top, like, <laughs> smile. in a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you serve him, like, a red Ferrari on a plate, basically. <laughs> right, because right. You're just, like, you know, it's like. No, and, and you, you, we go out there and we're like, no one can have this dish. Only Miles can have this dish. <laughs> yeah. This isn't going to anybody. The yeah. president can come in here. He ain't getting this dish. Only Miles gets this dish. What about dessert? Okay, now I have to think about. It. <laughs> Wait, no. What desserts do you think Miles would have liked? I I'm, I'm on the fence. I think he would have liked, liked, liked the chocolate mousse because of the texture. No, but he, what the first thing that came to mind with me is I thought he would love chocolate, but I also think he could potentially have a polarizing uh, a polarizing opinion of chocolate. Like either he was obsessed with chocolate oh, or couldn't oh, stand it. He loved Toblerone. Toblerone. Love yeah, Toblerone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 so oh. he liked milk chocolates then. He liked he liked creamier chocolates maybe. Okay. Oh, so maybe like a molten, maybe like a molten lava cake. Oh, I know it's you know. Lava, no, 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 no. Not too heavy, guys. Think, think, yeah, you, not, know, think you know. Oh, like oh a, so, okay. Like a, maybe a Toblerone souffle or something like that as well. I don't know. That, okay. okay, so yeah, souffle would so be like do, a really uh, light do way a to chocolate. Do that. Did he like ice cream? Yes. Okay. So I would say I would say we would we wouldn't make that, but we'd fly in a gelato or something. No, I'd hit him with like an olive oil ice cream, like an off-color ice cream, yes. like uh, an okay. ice cream that isn't just like chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, like an actual like or uh, no, like or, a bitch's brew of ice cream. Or yeah. it's a vanilla ice cream, and you you do the balsamic vinegar on top. Donald Harrison chimed in. He chimed in. He said, "Let me make some gumbo." Yes. Hey man. I'm, yeah, I yeah, I want to eat Donald. First of all, big Donald yeah. Harrison fan, and also uh, we're is it you know, is I, Christian Scott's? Yeah, local? Christians. We're friends yep. with Christian, and they I know they're related somehow. Yes, Donald, Donald is Christian's uncle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we'd love to try that gumbo and also learn how to learn what his recipe is too. Okay. 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 Um, but we can save that for another time. Vince, I have to actually think through this because me too. Yeah, yeah I can't be put on the spot. You're, you're almost. You're almost saying like make it make an album in like 
a 30 second conversation. I got to conceptualize it. I got to know everything. But you know what, guys? This is how Miles work. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like he give you a set list, but we sometimes he'd flip the order on you. So mm. that's why you have to be ready for yeah. You know. oh. But think okay. about it. Think this. Think about it. Send it to Brian and I, and we'll post up. We'll put and, the menu oh, up. Yeah, yeah. The Kotash okay. Twins, Miles Davis, Miles yeah. Monday menu. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Meatless cool. Monday. Miles Meatless <laughs> Monday. Just get all the hashtags in there. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. But this well, is, guys, this is essentially the, the kind of the premise of the show that was on Bravo, right? Beats mm-hmm, and Bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you Beats were. Bites, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, pairing artists with musicians. Or exactly. Musicians. Mm-hmm. Beats and Bites was like that show that we. We don't know how we convinced them to do that show. We don't know how we got it made, but we got it made because in like on paper, it's like pretty esoteric. But in reality, it's like the, the best thing that's ever been ever happened. And we got Wynton Marsalis to have dinner with Tom Colicchio, where Tom Colicchio cooked for all of us and then ate with us. And then we, we talked about music and food. And then we jammed with Wynton after. And then we jammed with Wynton after. It was like, it was, and that was like, we had many episodes like that. Robert Glasper did an episode yeah. where we did, uh, we went to Pig and Cow in, in the Lower East Side and had incredible, is it, is it Thai fusion? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. And, and then we, you know, we jammed on. I, can't, I think we played like a standard or something, but it, it was the, definitely modal. Beats and Bites was was about sitting down an iconic musician with an iconic chef and have them talk about their art forms and try to get the musician to see that food is a lot like music and try to get the chef to see that music is a lot like food and just to try to get them to have a love fest about it. Because the one thing they have in common is their like art artistry, mm-hmm. it, in it, technique, in the yeah. creativity. And just the creation of art, and it wasn't the platforms that were the same. It was like this: the the being overall essence of being an artist and their approach to that making their art mm-hmm. right. and the technique. Some like we had Michael Voltaggio with Smino, uh, who's an he amazing rapper, rapper. Yeah. and Michael Voltaggio is one of the he's he's one of these like very technically incredible sh- chefs, but he's he's like a very violent in his in his art. What, like, like, yeah, he's very elaborate on that in a way. He's he's Michael Voltaggio, huge celebrity chef. Yeah, very very creative. Like, kind of known as like potentially one of the top two most creative chefs. I mean, you have Grant Atkins who's on. Yeah, that. there's a, there aren't many people on that level. It, he's like kind of like uh, okay, what, wow, wow, wow. Who's the uh, saxophone player, free jazz? Ornette uh, Coleman. Ornette Coleman. Ornette Coleman. He's like the Ornette Ornette one of the of, Ornette, okay. he's like yeah. an Ornette Coleman of cooking. Cool. And getting and and. Also, he's a big music guy, but his his approach to cooking is like originality. Yeah, and I want to be, and I want to. If come somebody up with else something. did it, he would never even attempt to try that. And so, oh, having wow. him have that conversation in, in a musical conversation, right? Very interesting. Very right. interesting. Yeah, and he's not really much of a Jasper guy, although we've taken although he him, probably would be if he tried to do it. If he yeah. turned him on to Ornette Coleman, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But it's like I said, it, it was that show was just all about trying to pair these artists of two different art forms that had similar like Creative approaches process. to their yeah. art, yeah. and and it was really great. And I I kind of I think we can still make that more of that show. Yeah, it was yeah. it was so great, but it it was just you know a, a way to get people to see what we see about music and food, really. Right. Mm-hmm. Who was the who is the foodiest jazz artist you've ever hung out with? You know, someone who you could really oh. talk food with. Glasper thinks he, he, he can. <laughs> I mean, keyword, Glasper, keyword thinks. <laughs> Robert always, like, 
it comes back to this, like, well, I, you know, I performed. He doesn't say it like this, but he'll be like, I performed in Japan like a thousand times. Like, I know sushi. You yeah, know but I mean? he, 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 the best story with Rob was he, when he was in Japan for the first ate, time. For the first time, he ate an entire uh, like thing of thing uh, of ginger. sliced ginger, thinking it was like he thought it was, he thought it was ham. He thought it was ham. <laughs> Whoops. So, no, I would say biggest like jazz. I mean, I mean, the, John Fattis is like. On another level of foodie, like oh, really? he's protect, like, he, pretentious like we'll, we'll take him a, pl- a place, and like <laughs> I will, I'll get texts and phone calls for the rest of my life about how much that place sucked. Oh no, okay. <laughs> like you know, he's so high on that standard. Level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's ungodly with the chops too. So yeah, oh, you know, I, if you can, can play that high, that should be your standard of eating that high. Yeah, yeah. But but I find a lot of musicians, uh, they 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 have they're they're very meticulous about presentation of their meal. Of their of their mm-hmm. plate, you know, uh, Daryl Jones, great basis. Yeah, I think he studied with the soba, like a a, a, a chef in Japan. You know, wow. he, he looked them over. He was introduced to him, and he makes the greatest sushi from from scratch. You know, this is Daryl from South Side of Chicago, and he's still studying. You know, and and Charlie Drake. A lot of my friends, they they, the presentation is 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 just as important as the dish. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Well, I mean, you eat they, with your eyes first. To me, yeah. presentation is like the mastering on an album. Like yes. the album is already good before mastering, mm-hmm. but when you get it into mixing and mastering, it's so that other people can see what you see about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you're presenting a dish to somebody, you you already like you know what it's going to taste ordered like. It, probably. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. it's going to taste like, but you eat with your eyes first, and so it's kind of like a first impression on an album, maybe like an album cover. Yeah. And and you want people, you want to suck people into it. Um, actually, I might go back and say that seasoning is the mixing and mastering because mm-hmm. there's like tweakage that happens. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I know. But here's the thing about us: is like we're ideas people. It flows all the time. We have to funnel it into the like right conversation. But once we start thinking about it, we think about it. Right. Oh, hold on, got another. Everybody's texting me. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask because I'm just I'm so curious. You know, you want to say you grew up, your parents were listening to jazz. You, you know, became horn players. Were they cooking as well? Was like, you know, was cooking big in your family or were you take out people or where'd that love for cooking come from? No, they, they definitely love to cook. But I would say as much as the, I don't know if that influenced my cooking as much as. as no, I, well, we did grow say. up eating home cooked food yes. every day. Yes. So I think that does play a role into it. We probably take that for granted that that time. Yeah. And, and our parents traveled internationally for work all the time. Hmm. And we would always say to them, like, don't bring. Is that What's our that, Vince? We got the chicken tikka recipe from the Potash twins. Oh, yes. Yes. Make that thing. Brian, let's post this. This is all right, guys. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. uh, Thanks, thanks, Casey. Shout out to Casey. Thank you, Casey. So our parents traveled uh, so internationally for work, and we would always say that we wanted them to bring us back a souvenir, but we didn't want a keychain or whatever. Or a t-shirt. Or a t-shirt. We want them to bring us back whatever food they could from wherever they were. Nice. Um, yeah. And that would, because like it would be like us traveling without having, having to do that. Um, and then, so that influenced us a lot. Like we, we would be cooking a lot of uh, Chinese food, a lot of Japanese food. Our mom, of, our mom was like worked in India like a lot. Six months so we, we, you know, she'd know, like learn a lot about Indian food. So she'd come back and we'd like go to Indian restaurants. And no, and all, try of, a making sudden, all of a sudden we'd start, we'd like start cooking with ghee yeah. in our kitchen. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I mean, so we were we're very adventurous eaters. Like we will literally eat anything because we grew up keeping strict kosher, and oh, wow. we were vegetarian. Yeah, and we were vegetarians too until we were in or sixteen. So it was like once we started eating everything, we literally embraced that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So this is relatively late. What brought on the change to go from vegetarian to all right? I'm eating it all. We were hungry. Yeah, <laughs> that's that makes sense. We always say. <laughs> but the most interesting story, I think, is how we started to not keep kosher. Yes. All uh, right. Our so we would. Well, it, yeah, it depends how much you know about our career or not. But our like surrogate father is this guy named Andrew Zimmern who had a show called oh. Bizarre Foods on Travel okay. Channel. Yeah, love very it. famous yeah. chef, very famous television personality. And we would grow up watching him and Anthony Bourdain with our mm -hmm. with our parents. And my dad mm -hmm. would always say, "If you ever meet any of them, like you can, you don't have to keep kosher. Like if you can eat, if you can share a meal with them, like forget about forget about that." And one day we, you know, got like we were performing in Omaha with Curly Martin, with Curly Martin, Terrence Martin's dad. Yeah. Wow. And, wow. And Andrew Zimmern was in town, like giving a speech somewhere. And we connected on Instagram and we got, you know, we, we shared dinner together and the rest was history. I mean, he, he's our, he's the executive producer of every TV show we've ever done. He's uh, honestly one of the biggest music nerds in the world. Yes. Like would freak out if, if he knew we were having this conversation. So was Bourdain um, though. So, yes, Bourdain, uh, again, yeah. more overlap, just more yeah. and more overlap. Between and the thing two. is, Andrew and Bourdain were both right. huge rock and roll fans, yeah. and they were they were very very close. Like yeah. they they, would they talk, both went oh, to Vassar. Yeah, they, they went yeah. there. There's a long history between the two of them, but they both really loved rock and roll. And um, but Andrew also does listen to quite a bit of jazz too. Yeah. Right? And, and, and Emerald had a live band. On his show, yeah, yes, that's right. Did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dr. Gibbs and Dr. Gibbs played in there too. Dr. Gibbs, yes, yeah, yes. yes, and yeah, that and also that made complete sense with Emerald being a New Orleans, uh, sure. you know, icon. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's to, to us, you know, we still are always on this constant journey to learn as much as we can about food and learn as much as we can about music, and wherever they intersect, they intersect, and yeah. I think that we found. That uh, chefs love music and musicians love food, and we're somehow the way that those guys, those people talk about it or, or communicate to each yeah, other exactly. about it, or like met and, each other when they wouldn't have ever met and, each other. And that's an honored role for us. Like we don't take that lightly. We try to understand both, and I think we have this really unique perspective and lens of being like these guys who went to New York City and, and, and went to music school at Manhattan School of Music and SUNY Purchase and like perform and under, understand music theory and all this, but then also understand cooking. And we're, so we're sort of equipped to have that conversation. Is my point, right? Yeah, yeah. What and what greater uh, a feeling is to play in, all over the world, and then maybe after a great concert, then you go enjoy a great meal at a beautiful restaurant. The yeah. hang, the that's, infamous that's hang. hang. That's it. The yeah. hang is part of the show, you know. Yeah, it yeah. is. We yeah. all, we we say it's just I we've been doing so many interviews, but we, we always talk about how. The second we're off stage, our last downbeat hits. It's like okay, where where we where are we eating? Food? It goes right to that. It, it it, there right. is not even a second go. Like honestly, when you're, you're in the middle of your last chorus on the last song, you're like, All right, I could eat that. Yeah, that's what you're thinking, and I'm sure we're not alone in that. <laughs> I don't well, know if Miles so ever thought like that. I don't know. No, 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 no. Miles was Miles was too. He was too present. He was yeah. in the moment. He and he never looked behind him either. He never looked no, back. Like no, no, he was, yeah. he was already done with whatever he just finished doing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was none of that. The, the chorus he just finished was history. Yeah, to, to, exactly. promote yeah. a, the, the promoter knew where to take him after the show, you know. So it was, it was mm -hmm. already 
you know, lined up. And every time we would go to Europe, it would be the same promoters and they would know, you know, Mouse, there's a new restaurant in town. You know, the chef is dying for you to come and, and, and you know, and visit. Vince, like, was, I was, there anything, wait, was there anything he didn't like to eat? Like, was there th some things he would have, like, a, a, a reaction? Like, he, he, I will not eat that. I will not eat that. No, I never, I never, I never experienced him refuse anything. But all I remember is he wouldn't eat a lot. You know what I mean? It was just like the just the knock the edge off. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Just, and same music. Guy listened to everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah, but never an overeater. Never like cleaning. His, uh, I never some you know like take a whole plate of food. And <laughs> I have maybe the most I important have. question of this whole conversation. Hmm. What was on Miles's rider and what was in his dressing room, like food wise? <laughs> Only green M and M's. No, yeah. no, just water, bottled water. Believe it or not, you know, bottled bottled water um, and fruit. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't going to eat there. Well, he, he 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 didn't want to eat before the show. He didn't want to see was anybody. All about the music. The it was right all the about then. the music. Yeah. He might mm -hmm. he might not even touch the, the the plate. Just water, chewing gum. He always wanted some chewing gum before he went on stage. And that was we're it. the same way about that. As I don't want to eat or look at food. You know, our band will eat before, but they're not. You know, but they're not being, the show of the show. Like, but also being brass players, like if you eat anything greasy, you're screwed for the night. Some yeah. guys can eat. Come some like my band. Some of the guys in my band could eat before. I don't never eat before a show, but some guys yeah, never. Eat, you know, when you're but, when you're so focused on the music, I, I, I can't think. I mean, when we're working on music in the studio. Ten hours will go by. I haven't even thought about food. I haven't but, eaten anything. But some guys could eat and play their ass off two hours later. You know, before, so during, and after. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Or Charlie, you saying Charlie Parker? <laughs> exactly. Because didn't oh, Charlie yeah. Parker eat like he would? He would. I mean, he loved soul food. He would get fried chicken before yeah. he play. I mean, there's stories about that too. But, I heard. I heard. Um, Bird liked to eat. He liked to eat. Yeah. 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 What but was I going to say? Oh, well. So he didn't. So nothing in the dressing room was water and chewing gum. Oh. Water, water and fruit, like fruit basket, you know, Health, flowers. Healthy stuff, yeah. Healthy, but he he would just and 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 he would just he would um, talk to each band member, and we just talk talk the set list down, hmm. and that was it. And he would always ask for the chewing gum right before the he went right on stage. He Wait, played really? with gum in his mouth. Yeah, but I mean, just to yeah, probably, I didn't, I didn't know when he spit it out or what, you know what he oh, did okay. with it, you know. But he just wanted the chewing gum. And, I mean, I have, I have played with chewing gum in my mouth. Like, but it, doesn't you it dehydrate your tongue? It does. That's the one I, thing I don't get. And I, I just gave it to him. I didn't know what he did with it. Uh, you know, he might have. Maybe he chewed it, spit it, it right out. Spit it out. Or maybe if you chew it for like a second, it like moisturizes. Well, and then yeah. the, the, it's funny. This is like the craziest thing because I've grown up my entire life being told as a trumpet player that like the warm and hot air is what gets a beautiful tone quality. Uh -huh. So I'm, it's funny if we picture Miles Davis like a spearmint gum. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Trident. 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 Now we know what to do. <laughs> now Trident. we know exactly. You want to play like Miles, just pop a Trident. Vince, I, I've been wanting to ask you about this because I think the most interesting part of Miles's life, uh, from an outside perspective, obviously, I, you know, was his time when he first went to Paris and he did the soundtrack for Elevator, Elevator to the Gallows, Gallows yeah. and he was hanging out with Picasso. Like, I feel like food was really important to, to that element, and I feel like I don't know anything about the food or people don't talk about the food element of that, but there had to, that had to have played a role. But all of us who've, who've traveled abroad, man, you can taste the difference. Can't yeah. you guys? Can yeah, you of guys? course, yeah. Brian, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I taste the difference in the vegetables. You know, I taste the difference in the salads and the fish. 
You know, so the bread and the butter. Our food here has like a has like a Harmon mute in it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of preservatives. And not the Miles Harmon. No, way, not that. You know? And, and yeah. there was no racism. You know, yeah, big that. You know, everybody was created. You know, they appreciated the art. You know, what hit me so, in the documentary? Sorry, go ahead, was in no, Vince was when Miles was coming back from France, and he was like, it didn't really hit him until he landed how much he hated being back in America at that time. Yeah, it was, he was depressed, depressed. Yeah. You know, because of the uh, inequalities that were happening still, you know, but that's a whole nother show. Yeah. You know, you know. but but um, m music and food, they do go hand in hand. You know, they, they do. Great, it's a tie in. And I, I think Miles, if we had been had or given the chance to talk about it with him, probably would have said the most enlightening thing on the subject. Yeah, well, you know, you got to figure it. You got you to figure he wouldn't. He would just say, shut the fuck up, and let him, and then he would cook, you know? Yeah, yeah. okay. And he wouldn't let you in the kitchen, and he just played it up, and then you go for it. Vince, and you, was his process when he was cooking? Was it, was it, could you, his process? Like, how, you know, he would have you go get all the fresh food, and if it wasn't fresh, he wasn't going to cook it. Right. Was there, I know he wouldn't let you in the kitchen either, but yeah. did you ever, like, walk by the doorway and see, like, no, you can see. You don't know if he was meticulous with his no. mise en place. I think we know that he would have. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. even convinced that he didn't have like a like a chef chef in there. No, <laughs> well, he, no, he didn't no. want people to see it. He was that. just ordering Postmates and getting it. Yeah, back to well, I, I just remember it was a lot of cleaning we had to do. He would cook and then walk out of the kitchen, and, and he's on to the you know okay. the painting. But it was a so lot he of. He did it right. He oh, did it right. right because yeah. he, because if you have a lot of a lot of dishes, it, it means that every, he had mise en place, everything in its place. Yeah, um, it, it seems yeah. like he's the kind of guy who would really take it seriously. And, oh, very, yeah. very. You got to we got to talk to Aaron, his son. Man, he was like, yeah, yeah I would love and, to talk to him. And anybody him. who's ever uh, been blessed to have his food, you know, it's like to. to, to but this, do you recall? Well, do you recall ever a time? Miles is eating something and he's just like, oh, Vince, this yeah. is so good. No, you know, no, never? No. Because no. no. he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't play a tune. He, you know, right, he, he wouldn't play a tune and talk yeah, about man, it. Man, man, yeah. it's so good. He would leave it up to you. Yeah. To, if you wow. dug it, you know, if you he, dug the wrong, if you dug the Was food. Miles? Well, he was such, he had such a gravity, I'm sure, that he didn't want to influence what you thought about it. Yeah. Well, shit, man, it was it was great. So it's like you didn't have anything bad to say about it. He wasn't going to serve you any shit, right? Yeah. If Miles, was, if Miles either cooked it or ate it, it was probably freaking good. No, but I have yeah. to ask this: Was Miles overly enthusiastic in his uh, appeal of food, like, or of anything? Like, did he be like, "I love that," like, "I love that shit," or did he never say anything about it? You would just know he loved it. Music, you know, music. music. He would know. Music, yeah, but but food was was like, you know, if Miles cooked it, how the hell can you think it wasn't going to be good? You know, because Miles yeah. was, you know, he just had that touch. Well, is that people go into celebrity chefs' restaurants and they're like, the food could be bad, and like, but a celebrity chef made it, it's going to be amazing. And I'm yeah. sure there was some sort of that happening when Miles was cooking. Like Miles Davis, no, but just no, made but me play to him. me, it's the it's the attention to detail he probably took. There you uh, go. The, the you know, yeah. and, and I'm not saying it because he's my uncle, but if Miles Davis cooks you bouillon base, nine times out of ten, it shit's going to be the, the you know the bomb. Well, something that's so the funny bomb. about that is is Dave Grohl is very obsessed with barbecue. Obsessed. And I think to this day, the best barbecue I've ever had, he made for us. 
Wow. And so, they've grown. They've grown. Yes. Wow. Yes. The, his talk brisket. To about yeah, it. His brisket is like <laughs> off off the chain. Really? And I think yes. Yeah. And I think there's something about like being very a very very good musician and mm-hmm. being able to like execute stuff to a very well, high level. And when we had Sheila E on this new show, it, mm-hmm. it, when we were t- we were making pod thai with her, which is like when you're cooking with a wok, it's fast and it's hot. There's no mm-hmm. there's no like mm-hmm. delicacy right. about it. Like right. But and she was like, yeah, I've been under much more pressure than this. Yeah, she can handle yeah. that. <laughs> yes, like, you knew that. They're, they're like, <laughs> their intensity meter is like low because they're just used to having to like bring it. I'm sorry. Right. But when Prince is like, play, you're, you're soloing now, there's probably no pressure. No, cooking is therapeutic at that point. Great musicians make great food. They, I heard Prince can make great pancakes. Did you ever hear that? Yes, I yeah, heard from Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Dave Chappelle. And, and no, I've heard that. also Jonathan. Oh, go ahead. Ben. No, go say, say, go ahead. Jonathan Waxman, who is one of the most influential people in American cuisine, no doubt. Very big no, chef. No doubt. Very big chef. Barbudo was his Barbudo restaurant. Barbudo in New York. Um, uh, oh, okay. He and Michael. Michael's genuine. Michael's in uh, in Los Angeles. Um, this guy. He was the trom- lead trombone player for Sammy Davis Jr. The chef before he was a chef, wow, and he wow, played with wow. a bunch of other people. So too. the first one of the first times we did a gig together, we were performing, and he was hosting and, and cooking was in like, Miami in, in Miami for food. And, and he asked us to perform for it. He was being honored for an award. He was like, "I want the twins to play." And he after we finished playing, he was like, "You guys are going to make great chefs one day." See, see? Yeah. yeah, it was. It's yeah. just like it's the a part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the, no separation. The that, no, no separation. Yeah. The people, it's it's a. Mark Samuelson is a great is a is a great like example of that. He's a good. He's a big admirer of music. I don't think we've ever Mark Mark has ever performed like played music to my knowledge that we. No, no, no. But I'm saying like Jenny's in Harlem. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 The music there is, is no. equally as important to him as the. Food. This is the one one thing I wanted to say about the music and food thing. If you know, you know. Either you can't. Either you can explain it, or you can't because. Either you have an understanding of music and you have an understanding of food, and then you then it makes sense to you, or you don't know anything about either, and then you're just like, why do people talk about that all the time? Right, right, right. But right. if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You you, you mentioned Fattis. I wonder if Fattis could make a great dish. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, has he? Ever I don't think he's ever cooked for us before. I bet you. I bet she could throw down. You know. Oh, oh yeah. No, I have no doubt he could throw down. He's he's one he's one of the most focused human beings but also oh, he's yeah. very picky about his food he's like, very we, picky about his food like he he would he would always i'd, say, I'd go into a like a uh, into a lesson or something with him he'd eat an entire gallon of ice cream in one sitting mm. yeah, 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 he'd love for you to put that on blast right now no, yeah, but he yeah, yeah. Loved ice cream I mean, dizzy loved ice cream that's true yeah 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 did did miles ever talk about uh, like Bird or Dizzy or any other jazz greats, yeah, or Coltrane. Did he ever mention any kind of food that they all ate together or that like meals that they had? Like, did they ever have like an icon- iconic meal where they were all together? I mean, I'm sure they had many. He never mentioned it, but he did mention that he made a uh base and and duck. Mm-hmm. You know, two two separate dishes for for Buddy Miles, and Buddy Miles came over to the house and and ate. You know, because Buddy loved he, to eat, you know, and, and he loved Buddy Miles, you know. So. He was very influenced by French cooking. Oh, very yeah. Very influenced. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Miles. Miles. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, making blue base in what, probably the 50s, 60s, 70s in America, like, 
No, well, that wasn't did, really he happening. He also <laughs> might have liked Julia Child, though, too. Probably would have loved Julia Child. Did he ever watch TV? Yeah, but uh, I mean, see, not like you guys think, you know, like he's, mm. he, he was he moved around too much in the house, you know? So if the TV was on, the sound was down. He's just boxing too, sports and stuff. Boxing, but yeah. it, everything was like, you know, a little bit, a little bit of this, a little, like ingredient, you know, like a little spicy, a little spicy. But it was never like, I'm going to sit down and watch the, the Gallup and Gourmet or anything like that. Did he like spicy food? Uh, relatively, I, I think, I, from what I remember, yeah. But, but, I could uh, see him being like either very particular about the about the heat. I could see him very, being very particular about that. I heat. remember he used to have, send my mom out for Jack Salmon, you know, for, and when after the concerts in Chicago, my mom would go out and bring it, or, or she, he'd love to come to the house where we grew up, where I grew up, and my mom would cook for him. Then he said he stopped coming because he said the bathroom was too close to the kitchen. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> he just made a joke. You know, he said Dorothy, your bathroom's too close to the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> But it was just a joke, you know. But you he loved my he loved my mom's cooking, mm. home cooking, man. And you guys bring in a third element, which is television and media, you know, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. didn't necessarily exist. Just food TV, the way it exists now, didn't necessarily exist back when Miles was doing his thing. Mm -hmm. So, what was it like to, as we wrap up, what was it like to kind of enter that stage for the first time of you know, television, food TV, with the likes of Andrew Zimmer. It it's, first of all, surreal to us all the time that anybody lets us talk in front of a camera. <laughs> um, but I, I'll also say this about our the reason why we wanted to do television and why we made the shows we've made is the time we started to realize, like, audience was really important to music and to just being, like, having a career was while we were, like, at Manhattan School of Music in, in New York and this, like, important part of our, Wait, like, Wait, quickly, journey. I wanted to say that at MSM... Is the old Juilliard building? So were you? Oh were yeah, technically I went. We're miles, miles. Yeah, um, that oh, building yeah. has a lot of history too. But uh, we were we always wanted to use the television to highlight our the music jazz, yeah. of our friends and people that we thought never were on TV enough. Right. Glasper's been right. on two of our shows. Yeah, like like <laughs> exactly. Like Robert Glasper should be able to just go out into like and be on any TV show he wants because uh, like we're biased, of course, but I think he's like a living legend. Totally. And yeah. and I, we were like the first shows we made. It was like, how do we highlight food and jazz artists and artists that we think like need like not need sure. a spotlight, but who we think deserve the spotlight on any just, media we're on and on anything yeah. and anything we have control over, we'll use it for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's why like we put Winton on and 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 uh, Glassbron and all these other artists on it. Um, not that they needed it, but just like we wanted people. We were like curating this for people and also. Right. Like, we love talking to food, uh, talking to Winton about food. Like, I know that there are other other people, fans of his, mm. that want to hear what he has to say about food. Like, if right. you know Winton, he's if you know if you know Winton, you know already. Having said that, I want to hear what he has right. to say about pretty much anything, let alone food. And being from such a big New Orleans family, like and he's he, gonna have opinions about. And it. he also rarely speaks out on things that he doesn't like perfect. Like he, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's a perfectionist kind of. Right. And he'll only talk about, you know, culture and jazz and trumpet playing. And so it's like, you know, give me a little shit about, give me a little thing about food. Like, give me a little right. thing about food. Because I'm really curious because you don't talk about it very much. And that's why, like, if we would have been born in the time of Miles Davis, like, I, I, it, you wouldn't have stopped us getting asked these questions with him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, it's so wasn't... personal. It's so personal. Food and music. It's like, that's. Yeah. 
part so much part of your character, you know. So it's amazing to see these conversations. So Beats and Bites that was on Bravo. Can those episodes be watched? Yes. Yeah, you can watch it. They're okay. still on. I think they're on demand somewhere, but you can also get them on like the Bravo app or on uh, BravoTV.com. Okay. But then definitely our new show on Food Network. Take out. Um, but you can you can watch all ten episodes right now on the Food Network Kitchen app, which is like their streaming platform that you have on like yeah. Apple TV and whatever. Um, it's called the Takeout Twins. We have Sheila E on it, Music Soul Childs mm. on it, Joel nice. McHale, Rob Riggle, Andrew Zimmern, a bunch of other great guests. But we, I mean, it's basically like us making the most popular takeout dishes and teaching celebrities how to make it. And then at the end of each episode, they have no idea. We order delivery of the same dish that they, we were teaching them how to make so that they can do a side-by-side comparison of the one they made and the one that they'd order on a daily basis. And see if ours holds up. Wow. Yeah. wow that's cool. cool. Real cool. Yeah, cool. It's been really fun. Excellent. Well, hey, guys, thanks for doing this. Normally, we wrap each show. I ask all guests, you know, as soon as the cameras go off, what Miles Davis album are, are you going to spin tonight? Uh, and I'll ask that to you, but I, we also got to ask, you know, like, what are you going to eat, man? What's for dinner? Wow. I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm picking some, like, crispy tofu with something. With kind of blue or 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 maybe Birth of the Cool. It's I'll say this about Miles Davis. I kind of want to hear some Bebop Miles Davis tonight. Like, yeah. That's, I, yeah. I think because Kind of Blue was like the most listened to jazz record of all time. It's my favorite jazz album of all time. Um, but I, I'll, whenever I hear like, uh, pretty like, loader, no, like Milestones. Oh, yeah. I'm like, holy, holy shit, this is like a different player. This is like a different Miles player. It's like the Bebop Miles versus yeah. like the Moto Miles. You would literally be like, that's Dizzy, right? Like if, if you didn't, if you really didn't know your trumpet players, you would probably say something like that. With, on miles. And it sounds so much like Clifford Brown to me too. Like early Miles stuff, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, early Miles stuff. There, I always think that Miles was kind of like, you know, uh, had like several different jazz lives. Like he had the bebop life, the cool life, and the modern life. Yeah, and there, I, I just think like so he was so many different artists in one. He would be yes, like, he was like, but there was always been, a through line too. It's like you yes. knew it sounded different, but you knew still it was Miles. But any any artist would be so satisfied and happy and content with being one of those of Miles's career. Yeah, yeah. And the reason he's <laughs> but the that god, was the confidence of Miles. Yeah, but yeah. the reason he's the god and the legend that we all know him as is because he was able to do everything, and right. he was well, able. He just to, kept pushing forward. There was name one musician who played with. Charlie Parker and Prince. Right. Holy shit. There aren't any. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Covers right. For us, it'd be like, can you name someone that's played with like Wynton Marsalis and Diplo? but that's not the same obviously <laughs> no, no. but it's like it is we you know it's it's a crazy like juxtaposition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right Amazing. so tonight is a kind of birth of the cool crispy tofu night yes yeah yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. jeru yeah. maybe jeru some jerry mulligan oh, yeah, maybe. i don't know i don't know oh. i, I don't want to hear what vince inside. would say what's your favorite miles album um brian's like time to wrap this up i, I, I love <laughs> i love i love Kind of blue, and I love the track Blue and Green. Yeah, I could yeah the best culture in the world of all time. Over yeah. and over Bill Evans, the touch. But then I'll flip it and go to On the Corner. Mm. You know, so, so but, but but on my turntable right now, Kind of Blue, Blue and Green. I'm going to yeah. play it when we, when we rap. I'm going to go down and play it. Kind of Blue is just always going to be my favorite. Maybe because it's nostalgic, it was the first track. I would say the most beautiful sax for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hypnotic. It's hip, it, it, it puts me in a, in a, in a zen. Zen mode. 
I know people who wake up to it every day, mm-hmm. the Bill mm-hmm. Evans intro, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, Adiv, Ezra, thank you so much, guys, for joining us, for talking miles, for talking. If people wanted to follow along, see what's going on with you guys, check you out. What's the best place to do that? Yes, find us on Instagram, uh, okay. at Potash Twins. You can find us and you know you know some days it's about jazz some days it's about food and some days it's about both you'll you'll just you'll have to wait and see what you know what's out of the bed we wake up on or I wake right up on. you know right. and your album is out streamable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Very cool. uh our most recent single we uh, did featuring Robert Glasper uh and the the music video is uh the star of it is Terry Cruz it's a fun little <laughs> little nice. whole thing so yeah. definitely check that out on YouTube very cool. And the new show, what's it called? Takeout uh, Twins? Takeout Twins. Take out yeah, Twins. Food Network. Yeah. Stream it right now. Very cool. Absolutely. Adiv, Ezra, thank you so much again for joining us. This was awesome. We're going to have to grab him after this whole thing is over. Oh, there you Vince got his red specs. <laughs> I love you guys, man. You, solidarity. I love you too, Vince. This is yeah. great. I, I refer to you as my little brothers, man. I love you. Yes. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show, man. We're honored to be even yes. referred to as that. Man. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we are going to have to grab a meal once this is all behind us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Brian, yes. But yeah. uh, All right, fellas, we'll see you backstage. Vince and I are going to sign off with everybody watching. Thanks Thank so you. much. Bye, you guys. So long, guys. Love you guys. So long. Yeah, B. That was cool, Vince. Yeah, B. <laughs> Thanks for they're, hooking they're that so up, man. Cool because they, they, you know, one, they talk, they answer each other's questions, you know, but they don't step the on each other. Thing. Yeah, did you, going see, on. did you see them both wipe their eye at the same time, or they were yeah. thinking about something? They did or did I asked them to think, they both did, the yeah, same yeah, and that's what like they that with the music too. You get on the same wavelength, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. great, right great, on. great guy, great energy, man. Got that great energy, absolutely. Well, this has been very cool. Like I said, check out that Santana issue on jazzes.com, yeah. check out the merch, the Miles Davis merch. I set my sweatshirt up back there so everyone could see it at milesdavis.com, and uh, yeah, my cousin. John Hairston, Army and Lose, says, great, great show. Oh, appreciate that. John. Maria from New York. Love, oh, everybody's digging it. Digging it. Well, thanks Dig for watching, it. everyone. And like yeah, I say, yeah. follow us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Tell them. Sign else. up for our newsletter. Yeah. Follow us yeah. on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so you know when we are going live every Monday for Miles Monday. Every Monday, baby. All right, Vince. Thanks, I'll B. See I'll see you next. Another great show, man. I will see you next Monday. Stay safe. Got the Miles swag. Miles Davis. Online, milesdavis.com, online at the Miles Davis shop. Dig get, it, your, get your mask. Get your stay music. safe, stay healthy. Wash your hands, everyone. Wash your hands. <laughs> Love you, B. We'll see you Peace. next week. Love Peace you too, man. Okay. Bye. Bye.